Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Giddy up and welcome to Maximize Your Influence. Welcome back. Kurt Morrison here. This is Podcast 437. As we take a deep dive in how do you deal with regret, refunds, remorse, that resistance at the very end, they already said yes and all of a sudden they're backing out. What's going on? What's happened? What's the psychology? What are the solutions? We're going to talk about that today as we take a deeper dive into persuasion, motivation, influence, self-persuasion, mindset. That 85% that makes the biggest difference in your life, your relationships, your income, and your promotions. Especially, what we're getting into today, you got the yes, you did the work, and they want to refund, they want to back out. How do you save that cell? Where's that remorse coming from? Or that dissonance, we can call it. If you study maximum influence, this could be under the cognitive dissonance category. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what's happening. But first... Hope everyone's having a great week. Your goals are written down. You're achieving them. You're keeping the score. You're moving towards them. Be aware of those around you that are trying to persuade you. Be aware. Benchmark the good, the bad. Look at the anti-suaders. What are they doing? Do the opposite. If you're watching a presentation, board out of your mind. Sit back and say, how would I say that? How would I adjust that? How would I make that more persuasive? That's where the greatness comes from. So remember to tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. Go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Also at iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon under Maximize Your Influence. And of course, I can be reached at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Let's dive into the persuasion blunder of the week. Don't, don't, don't! We could call this a marketing blunder, an anti-marketing blunder... And I'm sure the owners of this company are probably not even aware of what they are doing. So pre-COVID, there was a home just, I'd say, to the south of me on a main road coming into my house. I drive by it all the time. So pre-COVID, and I know the family, they were going to revamp this whole thing, this whole house. They're going to get it out, put it in a pool, the whole works, right? Going to redo everything. This is pre-COVID. And of course, those that in constructions are very famous for ripping things out fast, <laughs> claiming their job site and making sure it's theirs. And they did that. They gutted this thing. It was ugly. There's just the boards on the outside. I mean, just ugly. And this company doing the upgrade put this beautiful sign in the front yard. The name of the company. It was nice. Beautiful sign. Beautiful big sign to let everyone know they've got the job. All right. I'm all for that. Some good promotion. Hey, why not? When you do a great job, you want to let people know who's doing it. Get your name out there, name recognition. We all know the more times you see a sign, the more comfortable you feel with the political candidate or the company. But, you know, COVID hit, and it just sat there. More weeds, more brown, more ugliness, more vandalism, and it just sat there. You know, there were supply chain issues. I think some things got stolen, but it got uglier and uglier. But here's still that sign. It's <laughs> just sitting there letting everyone know they didn't finish their job. I don't know whose fault it was. I mean, this property became very ugly and eyesore. Just ouch. The sign still sat there. <laughs> Guess what? 
it's still sitting there and they haven't touched the place. I mean, think about how many years that is of bad advertising. The sign's still sitting there. And this home, I mean, it's just, again, been vandalized. It's ugly. The weeds, the brown, the outside exterior, the broken glass, the ugly rusted trash cans, you know, those big ones on the outside. Just saying, <laughs> you got to be careful with that. And you see this with a lot of the bigger companies, especially now that a lot of them are closing up stores or shops. They try to paint over the side. They try to make it look like they haven't been there. I've seen that quite a bit of time. They disappear quickly. A lot of them almost overnight. They're just gone. Whoa, where where where'd they go? <laughs> Saw that with a, a big restaurant change. Just gone overnight. Signs are gone. Everything's gone. Just gone. You know, people say McDonald's, they never go under. Oh, really? One by me. It was not in a really super good location. And I'll admit, I don't think... I don't know if it's possible, but in my mind, it seemed like the quality was not as good. And darkness of night, it was pretty much gone. I mean, literally, not just moved out with the signage gone. It was bowled over, taken away, paved over, and there was just pavement there. There was a parking spot there. That's all it was. Gone. A lot of guys know it's not good to have a vacant place. They've got out of business. Not good for credibility. They take care of it real fast. That was the blunder. Were they just getting bad press that it didn't get done? It didn't get finished and the signage still set. So there you have it. Now you are aware. So with that, let's jump into the geeky scholarly article. Very interesting. This is from UC Berkeley, Journal of Close Biology. And Dr. Simon, Dr. Walker, all professors of psychology at UC Berkeley. Here it is. Sleepless and selfish. Lack of sleep makes us less generous. And even more, this is crazy. I think deep down we know this to be true, but this is probably the whole world problems wrapped up in one right here. We're not getting enough sleep, okay? One of the foundational things we're going over about civilized society is we should help and serve each other. That's what we should do. Now, is that the decline? Probably. And let me add, too, it's also a function of happiness. People that are depressed and unhappy, going out, serving, helping other people is one of the best solutions. So a study at UC Berkeley reveals that sleep blunts this fundamental human attribute. And there are a lot of consequences here, you know, helping other people. So lack of sleep is known to be associated with increased link of cardiovascular disease, depression, diabetes, hypertension, and even death, right? So not good. We already know this. We got to get our sleep, but we don't. Isn't that interesting? However, these new discoveries show us that lack of sleep also impairs our basic social conscience. Hmm. Making us withdraw our desire and willingness to help other people. So they looked at daylight saving times. So to my international friends, it's a lame thing that the United States, maybe some other countries do, where they change their time every six months to, I mean, there's a lot of excuses. Oh, it's for farming. It's for saving energy. It's for this. Yeah, it's a waste of time. But they still do it. But it looks like there's kind of going to be a mutiny here. Starting to happen that it won't happen anymore, but it's happening. So we've lost an hour's sleep. So that's when I looked at people giving back. Now they looked at this study and the evidence showed that there is that inadequate sleep not only harms the mental and physical well-being of an individual, but compromises the bonds between individuals, even being less altruistic. No giving back. So they keep going into we're a social species. We have to interact. But that interaction depends on how much sleep we're getting. So here's the thing that's interesting. Well, that's my problem. No, it happens. It's contagious. 
It propagates to those around us. If you're not getting enough sleep, it doesn't just hurt your own well-being. It hurts the well-being of your entire social circle, including strangers. It affects everyone. We can't say, oh, it's me. That's my problem. I should do this. It'll affect your team. It'll affect your company. It affects strangers. It affects society. Isn't that crazy? Now, is it that we're just not aware of how much sleep we're getting? We just don't care. Things happen. We get stuck dinking on our phones. What's going on? But they looked at people that were getting eight hours of sleep. That seems to be the number that most people throw around as far as that's what you're looking for. I'll say probably seven, eight hours of sleep. So they did scans on the brain after eight hours of sleep and a night of no sleep. They found the areas of brain that engage when people empathize with others, try to understand others' wants and needs, were less active after a sleepless night. (laughs) So this lack of sleep reduces the desire to help because it triggers a breakdown in the activity in the key areas of your brain. See, these are the areas which is critical for persuasion. So let me add, you're not going to be very good at persuasion, leader, and influence. Why? Because these areas of the brain help you understand other people's needs, what they're thinking about. Are they in pain? Uh, Emotional intelligence. Do they need help? Which are critical things you need to have that instinct when you persuade and influence. So, but all of those were impaired when people were sleep deprived. And it came down to these parts of the brain failed to respond when they were interacting with other people. They just didn't get it. <laughs> it was like they were missing the filters. It just wasn't on their radar. They did another study where they measured people's quality of sleep. And then they started to assess their desire to help others. Simple things like oh, holding an elevator door, volunteering, helping someone that was hurt on the street. And again, they found a poor night's sleep. Those people were less willing to help others the next day. They did another study with charitable donations, helping other people, serving other people. (laughs) Lack of sleep, 10% drop in donations. Isn't that interesting? All about the sleep. Now, as we back up, it makes a lot of sense, but we didn't really discover the huge impact this has on our success. So it came down to just losing that one hour sleep had a measurable impact on people's generosity and how we function in what's supposed to be a connected society. They said earlier study by Walker and Ben Simon about sleep deprivation. They also found that people would socially withdraw, become more socially isolated, had increased feelings of loneliness, and they also found they spread that loneliness to other individuals like a virus. Remember I said it was contagious. So lack of sleep makes people less empathetic, less generous, more socially withdrawn, and it's contagious. The people around you feel more lonely, and it's a downward spiral. So, hey, let's promote sleep. You get more sleep. Realize that it's affecting your success, your brain, your ability to help other people, your ability on your influence radar to read and understand people. It's affecting every aspect of your life. Hey, and I'm guilty here, too. I could probably use more sleep. But, wow, it's interesting to think about our social bonds and what's going on. This one thing could just cure all the problems in the world. I just put it out there. I doubt it could solve all the world's problems, but it sounds like it could really help with a lot of things. It's interesting. I think we all know we should sleep more, eat better, not drink, not smoke, whatever it is, but people still do. Their bottom line is sleep turns out to be an incredible lubricant to pro-social, connected, empathetic, kind, and generous human behavior. And then on the flip side, the negative side, in most developed countries, more than half of all people report getting insufficient sleep during the work week. So get more sleep. It'll change everything. 
And I think we're going to get past that badge. Oh, I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep. No, own it. I slept eight hours last night and I'm going to accomplish everything today. <laughs> okay. This is an interesting piece for you, your team, even those that you influence. Maybe you don't want to influence people when they've had a lack of sleep. There you have it. Get more sleep. So let's dive into these, the content today, the refunds, the remorse, that resistance, the regret. What's going on here? Now, before I get into why this happens, first, if you're in business, doing a merchant account, taking money online, face-to-face, whatever it is, you know, we get all hesitant. We've sold them. They're making a lot of noise. Things are happening. Sometimes it's just good to get rid of them. If they're whining at this point, maybe you want to get rid of them. It's a uphill battle to fight merchant accounts, even when you're right. Sometimes you give them a refund no matter what. Well, people take advantage of it. Some people might. Remember, one in every 10,000 people is dishonest. Can I make that up just to feel good? But I'm just putting it out there before I get to this content. Sometimes maybe it's okay. Just get rid of them. Just do it. Maybe it's a good thing. All right. Now let's go on. Why is this happening? Now, it could be friends talking. You did what? You bought what? Didn't you know? Didn't you do research? They create a little dissonance in them that they made a bad decision. That could cause remorse and regret. Especially we see that in the business opportunity network marketing space where they get involved and they're not prepared for their family and friends to say, oh, pyramid scheme and what about this and you're dumb and you're stupid. They're not prepared for that. So that could be part of it. Might just be that gut, the instinct, that subconscious trigger inside where you just got screwed. Because remember, we buy an emotion. And when that emotion fades and the logic doesn't match, we could feel a little remorse, a little regret. Sometimes it's just a form of frustration. Frustration comes from unmet expectations. Catch that? Frustration comes from unmet expectations. You know, I bought a Cadillac once. It's nice SUV, beautiful, and I was kind of had some remorse. It didn't meet my expectations. Some of the things didn't work, and it wasn't as nice as I thought, and it was just, it was good. But the expectations they set and what I got were two different things. That's why you always deliver more than they expect. Because when you deliver less, that causes buyer's remorse and regret and could cause a refund. So what can we do? Well, during your presentations, manage those expectations. Let them know what's happening. Let them know that Uncle Fred's going to say something dumb. Let them know this is going to happen. Let them know that some people might say this. Manage the expectations of what people might say, number one, and manage the expectations of your product, your service, what you're asking them to do. That it's realistic in their mind. Like, yeah, it's going to be worth it, but it's going to be a lot of hard work. You inoculate them. You pre-solve some of the things that's going to happen to them. Some people might say this. This might happen. This could happen. You could hit brick wall. Most people will say no. you got to manage those expectations. When you tell people, yeah, just send them this email, post this on your social media, and they'll join your business. That's rarely true. Yeah, everybody will join, and when nobody does, there's a disconnect there. Another thing you can do, too, during your presentation, use a lot of social validation, more success stories, other people doing it, maybe other people that have hit a brick wall, and they didn't know what to do, but they're now a success story. And always balance that logic and emotion. Again, they're persuaded on emotion. Crank it up. We love it. But that emotion fades, and they explain to their spouse or partner why they bought fill-in-the-blank They need to have the logic to explain why it was important. Because if they don't have that, then that person might beat them up. They might feel dumb. And that's when the remorse, regret, and refund could happen. Another thing you do is to make them work a little harder. Make them qualify. Well, let's see if you qualify. Let me ask you a few questions. Have them fill up the form. Be more involved in the persuasion sales process. 
Because then it doesn't feel like they were pushed into a corner. They were qualified. They made their own decision. They filled out the form. They decided what they wanted. Could all be part of that. And if they start asking about refunds, and by the way, you should repackage that. Remember, law of verbal packaging to write a rescission. Red flags there. Just don't explain it. Dig a little deeper. Find out what's going on, why they're concerned about it. Is it trust issues? Have they been involved in something similar before? That's very important to understand. So you can pre-solve it before it happens during the presentation. But if it does happen, roll with it. Don't tell them that they're wrong. They shouldn't feel that way because they are. Talk them down. Walk them through it. And I would ask them the original reasons they got involved. Look at your notes. Hopefully you took some notes about their main pain, their main, we call hot buttons, why they did it and start hitting those again is one way to do it. But another thing you can do too, if you're feeling things are going to happen is, you know, a stick call. I mean, have somebody else or yourself call, walk them through it, what to expect is what's going on here, are the next steps or visit them. And when you're doing these type of things and you're following up or doing a stick call, as we call it, now a stick call, you're just calling up to make sure that the cell sticks that they feel like they can do it, they have the tools, they know where to go, that you're holding them accountable, again, depending what it is. They have the vision of where they're going and what they're doing and let them know about the other people that have done it. Again, you have to adapt these to your product, your service, your cause, what you're doing, but those are all things to think about. Because when that call comes, you got to find out the real issues, what's going on. Because what they say and really mean could do different things. You know, what's going on? Do they just get a big bill? Did a spouse or partner say something? Uh, are they feeling the fear? You know, it could come from maybe like with weight loss. They tried 10 before and then they've always failed. So this was going to be a failure too. Even though it could be successful, they're mind they've tried. Or even a home business. They've tried it and they got it before and they didn't work. They didn't have the time. They just didn't do anything with it. And I think that's going to happen here. I'm going to do seminars on public speaking, right? A lot of people join. They want to overcome their fear. They want to do that. But, you know, it gets close. That fear... Can it cause people to say, I'm not sure, I, I don't know. And so you have to talk them down and work through it and pre-solve it. I let people know, yeah, you're going to have times you're like, ooh, should I do this? And it makes a big difference when you just put it out in the open. Remember, when that call comes in, it's probably an emotional time. They're called, they're most upset. Again, don't say you shouldn't be angry. Roll with it. Let them talk. Let them vent. To a certain extent, not too much. If you can, a lot of times, especially for big ticket items, buy a little time. Say, all right, I've taken some notes. So let me take this to my committee. Give them a chance to cool down. Their circumstances could change. You could send them a form to fill out, two or three questions in an email, just something a little timed, especially if you're feeling they're very emotionally charged. And at this point, again, when you're talking to them, stay neutral. Don't get emotional. It's your product, your service, your idea, right? Your charity. Your cause, that's good. I like that. But just stay neutral. Use your emotional intelligence. Understand how to deal with anger. If you don't know how to deal with anger, emotional intelligence, go back to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com and check those out because dealing with anger is very, very important. A couple other points here. Now they're stuck on fear and worry. It's not going to work out. You've got to build the vision, the future. Other people have done it. They can see themselves doing it. Remember, if they can't see themselves doing it mentally, it's not going to happen physically. Maybe share your before and after story where you had that same feeling, the same thoughts, or another person had the same thoughts, but they stuck to it and this is what happened. And then final one, if you need to, they're not quite sure they could do it in the six months or they're concerned about the 12-month warranty, guarantee, whatever it is. 
If you can, not everyone can do this, modify the guarantee, the warranty, give them an extension. All right, we're going to start over today. Especially when dealing with products when people need to perform and do things and learn things, that might be an important thing for you to do. So there you have it. That's Maximize Your Influence. Again, tell your family, friends, and enemies. Go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com for the newsletter, the free new edition of Maximum Influence. Just pick up a little shipping and handling and take your free Persuasion IQ. We'll also put a link to the perfect persuasive presentation. Or go to PresentationIQ.com. Take your assessment real quick. 10 questions. Find your strengths and weaknesses. For helping yourself out and help me out with my research, I'll give you the webinar on the perfect persuasive presentation. That way you can download the template. You can watch how to sculpt, create a presentation that just as informs, but is influential. And we can get to the point where you could have charisma on command. Do it. Check it out. You get the webinar for free for a few minutes of your time. So have a great week. Take something you learned today. Understand remorse, regret is real, especially when you haven't done the presentation the right way, but there are ways to handle it after it's happened. So become more influential, become a better negotiator, get more sleep, and go out and persuade with power.